This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Rashford. He's in here. He scores. Marcus Rashford takes yet another step up the ladder. Thank you. And it's a lad from Manchester who scores. One man can do bad. Only chance in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Thank you. That's in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, my dang old bad. Only chance in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Man Ready! Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Hello and welcome to another episode of Mugger. I'm joined this evening by, I guess, a familiar group of gentlemen and one guest. I guess I'll start with you, Cams. How are you doing, Cams? I'm all good, bro. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, no worries at all, man. Uh, unfortunately, it couldn't be uh, at a better time, but, you know, uh, we're happy to have you on nonetheless. Come on, man. Yeah. Uh, Stevie, how are you doing, man? Yeah, I'm just sitting here jealous at, at Cam's camera. That thing is, <laughs> that thing is crystal cam, clear. Yeah. It's a button. And you know what I'm mad, yeah? Because I spent a pretty check on my MacBook camera, yeah? 
Sorry, my MacBook in general. And it doesn't do anything. It's yeah, you look, you actually look worse than you look before, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd run my piece back if, if, if possible. Um, but if you want to sponsor okay. us, Apple, that, that's absolutely fine. Uh, Aka, um, it's been a, been a couple of weeks, not for not for you, for me. How you doing, mate? I'm all right, yeah. Another Monday, another poor performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You week on week on week, your uh, your tone since, gets lower. Don't, yeah, don't forget our bet. Yeah? Ever since I made that bet, it's not been good. I'm 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 not happy, man. I, I'd love for it to be proven wrong, but we'll get into it. Yeah. And Elijah, how you doing, mate? I'm still good. It's still 9 a.m. But you know, at the end of the day, how, how is it possible? 9 a.m. Where we can't how even see you. World? How do you know the time? <laughs> you can see the Abbey, bro. That, that's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> how is it possibly still 9 a.m. in your world? How you, how do you manage? You just support until the support is it, it, paid back, bro. I can't lie. Yeah. Okay. Cool. We'll we'll get into it, man. Um, I guess we'll start with the obvious place. Um. Yesterday's game against Chelsea, um, a board draw if I ever saw one. Um, I'll start with you. That's your our guest today, Cam. I'll start with you. Um, so we'll start with your thoughts on the lineup, and yeah, just your thoughts on how how the game progressed. You know what? I feel like with what the options that we've got, I feel like there's not much that you could have done with that lineup. Do you know what I mean? Like other than the decision to not play Martial and play Dan James. I'm not really, to be honest, at this point, it's basically the same thing. Do you know what I mean? Martial or Dan James. So I didn't really even mind. So in terms of the lineup, I wanted Bailly in there, of course, uh, instead of Lindelof. But to be fair, in these top six games, we're not conceding goals. So can't really say much about that. But so I was I was all right with the lineup, to be fair. I was all right. I was all right. Calm. Um... Stevie, going into the game, obviously, um, we can talk about our, our big our performances against the big sides as much as we want this season. Bottom line is hasn't been good enough. Um so what were your what were your thoughts and your hopes? Obviously, Chelsea have got to shell in. We see we get him, we've got him on ta- on Instagram doing tactical breakdowns, they've got him all over the website, yet to lose. Um, what what were your thoughts going into the game and how, how do you think the game started off for us? Yeah, to be honest, I wasn't scared of Tuchel. I don't really rate him as a top, top coach. I've seen what he's done at PSG didn't particularly impress me. Um, and what he done at Dortmund impressed me even less. So as a manager, um, versus some of the other managers in the top six, um, I wasn't too scared about coming up against him. And I think with United's record um, against top six sides, it's piss poor but we don't lose that many so I think the concern for me was either whether we were going to draw or whether we were going to win and to be honest I think most United fans going into the game expected us to draw and were hoping we were going to win without Pogba um, I I couldn't see really how we were going to come out of that game with a win um, Chelsea, they've improved defensively since Tuchel has come. They haven't lost the game um, and they were at the bridge. So, I mean, on the face of it, I expected us to get a draw. We got the draw, but that doesn't mean I'm disappointed at, at how we turned out and, and the performances that we continue to churn out against the top six. I mean, we just know we're not going to score any goals. And at this point, we're probably not going to concede any either, but it's not good enough, to be honest. Agreed, agreed. 
Um, Elijah, your first half, what were your initial takeaways? I wasn't quite sure what positions he was going to put James Greenwood and Rashford in. Um, I know he likes to hit teams on the break, especially in the big games, with space that at times can't be available in these bigger matches. But um, what were your thoughts on how he actually lined up tactically against Tuchel and what he was trying to do, I guess? Um, so before the game, uh, Solskjaer said that um, we're going to press high and do all that stuff. And I took it as a lie, like he usually does in his, pre- in his press conferences. But um, we actually did press quite high in terms of um, just in their fi- final third. Um, the front four, I, I think he just tried to recreate what um, we'd done versus Sasha Dad, where we had the... Where, where we had the counter-attack. And um, so he probably, so he, I actually thought he was going to put Greenwood up front, James on the right, Rashford left, and then Bruno in, in behind, or like Bruno and Greenwood swi- switching like they've done versus Sociedad. But um, we just quickly realised that Sociedad just weren't paying us respect that, that Chelsea did yesterday. So it was very difficult to get the front four into the game. So, um, yeah, I mean, in terms of, it was good to see the fact that our full backs went full, like full on with their press against the wing backs. So it meant that Lindorf Maguire did have to have to cover space, but luckily they weren't playing any like fast attackers. So um, they didn't have to do deal with much except for the Cho cross, which the centre backs as usual couldn't even deal with. So um, yeah, the first half went, it went without much to be fair. I mean, Fred won the ball back a couple of times. Mark Tomney was, okay I guess but the just the game in general was poor the, the midfield wasn't great in terms of this progression um and yeah I mean Bruno hardly got involved and the other uh, I think Greenwood in the first half was a bit lost Rashford uh he was picked out a couple of times by uh Lindelof long pass but he couldn't do much of it um and yeah James done he done okay there was a there were two crosses throughout the game where he was like someone should have been on the end of it. But apart from that, he worked back well. And at the end of the day, with our attacking options, I mean, the fact that he's in the first team deservedly just shows everything about the other options, to be honest. Facts, facts. Uh, I think you just caught a stray there, Stevie, uh, in the comments. Pogba detractors from earlier in the season shall not see <laughs> Jabba until the <laughs> Um, I, I was thinking the same thing when you dared to mention him by name, but I digress. Uh, I'll, co- I'll come to you. Uh, we, haven't, we haven't seen each other for a few weeks. So we play 26 games now. We've got uh, 14 wins, eight draws, four losses. We've scored 53 goals, conceded 32. Uh, we've got 50 points. Uh, we're, we're still in second, just about. Um, how, how are things looking for you? Um, I, I'll speak to you, I guess, about the two big moments that, I haven't stopped seeing on my timeline all day. Obviously, <laughs> um, the McTominay pass in the 90th minute. What were your thoughts? Because I know you're a McTominay fan. And also, I believe, who, who was it that played in Rashford and, and it went out of play? I'm, I'm not sure. Um, of course, of course, of course, you know who it is, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know the vibes, man. Um, so, so, yeah, we'll start on the McTominay uh, opportunity, uh, Akka. And I guess your thoughts since we last we, since we last met and I guess the state of our bet. Um, yeah, it was a poor pass. It was some of the game on the counter, three, four men going into the box. Should really be picking out Rashford or James, depending if he clips it over or plays it through the bodies. Made a meal of it. 
Um, I firstly thought he had a very, very poor game yesterday, but he has been out of the team for a couple of games with an injury. Not making excuses, maybe he shouldn't have played, but that is all his go-to pairing in these big games. And like I've said in the past, when these two play, we don't concede, but we also don't score. So the nil-nil was expected yesterday. That doesn't excuse in the 90th minute, he should have found a teammate and he should have picked him out and we should have scored. Um, but it just seemed like the whole team was happy with the point. Oli, after the match, was you know walking around with a big grin on his face. The team looked like they came to play for a point and if they got three, they'll take it. If not, they're not too fussed. Um, quite clearly, the title's gone. They don't really care about that. They just want to solidify second place and make sure that they have the second spot back in the bag come, come May. Um, the bet is looking worrying because in the last six, seven games, the goals, apart from Southampton, have dried up. The football is really hard to watch. Um, we're not really making any big chances. Bruno in the big games is non-existent. I don't know whether that's because the way he plays or I, th I think it's more the way we're set up. We, like I'm saying, we just don't want to concede in these games. Stevie said, you know, we're not conceding, um, but it's getting frustrating now because we're not really doing anything in these big games apart from taking the point. And the, 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 the thing that frustrates me is Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal, Spurs, these teams, are, well, not Spurs, sorry, um, but these three teams have been there for the taking. Uh, we've let them off the hook. For me, we let Chelsea off the hook yesterday. We definitely let Liverpool off the hook because they lost the next four home games after us. So I just that's the frustrating bit. If these teams were firing on full cylinders and Chelsea were playing you know, a great brand of football, I'd say fair enough, a point is a good result. But the fact is, the teams that we're playing, we're higher than them in the league. They're not particularly playing better than us. Are we, better than, are we better than them, though? We're higher than them in the league, but are we better than them? And I ask this season, Mario, I don't, think these, I don't think these teams are better than us this season. I don't think Chelsea's better than us this season. I don't think Arsenal has been better than us. I don't think Liverpool's been better than us. Even Spurs beat us 6-1. Are they better than us? I don't think so. Yet, we're, in the Spurs game, when we go to their stadium, we're going to do the same thing. Shut up shop. Show them respect that they don't really deserve for me. And that these teams have been... These te I think with hindsight, when we look back, these teams have been there for the taking. Yet we've just accepted nil-nil at every corner that we've turned this year. Look at Arsenal, an absolute mess. Took four points off us this year. Um, so, I mean, that's the disappointing thing. The teams have been there for the taking. Aka, you sound so depressed today, man. There's no life in your voice at all. The results are starting to get to him. Obviously, you, you lads are part of winning games FC. Like, the minute the minute the, the results stop coming in, you're lost, aren't you? Um also just remind <laughs> you, Stevie, you also took that bet on. So it's you, Sebi, and what? I'm not in no bet. Room. Yeah, you, you sent don't me a tweet. Room so. me in. You sent me a tweet, so I'll, uh, I'll I'll forward that to you after the pod. No, 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 no. I want to see evidence. <laughs> yeah, I have got the tweet. Um All right, cool. I wanted to talk to you guys about um was penalty gate. So um I'm gonna open this up to the whole panel really just to get your thoughts. Um Firstly, um, was that a penalty? That's not a penalty. I mean, 100. Yeah. Yeah. It's a penalty. Nah, that's. Nah. If, you if you look at it, when it happened, all the Chelsea players went up and they appealed for a free kick because they thought Greenwood had handballed it. Now the replay showed Greenwood didn't handball it, but if he had, it would have been a certain 100% free kick in the box. All the Chelsea players went up, but lo and behold, because it's hit Hudson Odoi's arm now, it's not a penalty. He's you touched see what? the ball. Aka, yeah. I can't have clocked. You're not a classy guy. That you cannot, <laughs> you cannot be taking penalties for that, man. It's so perfect. No, if, if you look when it happened in real time, it wasn't us that was appealing. It was them appealing for a free kick. No, I, for the same so thing. I, 
I get it, but I feel like it's only in this season can that ever be considered the rules the a rules penalty. Game, the contact, the, the contact is so minimal, and I think it's just it, it just shows our standing. I, I, show, I think it shows our standing that we are catting for penalties like that, man, because yeah. it, it it's so minimal and it just shows that we, we struggle to create much more other than that in the 90 minutes because that, it seems to be what the manager was going back to and referring. It's like, if if hudson Adoy had, had um, touched it intentionally with his hand there, it wasn't preventing us scoring a goal. There was no danger whatsoever. It's just like an innocuous touch of the ball and I don't think we should really be sort of um, screaming and shouting and kicking our toys out of the pram for that man. It's it, I wouldn't want no, that. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not kicking my, my toys, mm. kicking and screaming. But the no, I'm fact, talking about the manager, obviously, not you. Yeah, for me that was disappointing because I I said to my mates after as well. I said, you know, that's going to take away from another rubbish, cowardly performance on the road against a big uh, big six side. But don't you think that was part of his part of his whole plan? I mean, if 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 he focuses around that one incident. He can be like that's the reason why we didn't win. But that's why we didn't win. We didn't get you had a 90, 93 minutes, fifty nine seconds or whatever it it, it was to, to the get thing his is, yeah. yeah, go on. He's got a clean sheet to hide behind as well. He's hiding behind the clean sheets this year, and it's not. If if United want to be at the level they want to be at, you can't just hide behind these clean. Like Roy Keane said yesterday, he said when we played football, we didn't care about clean sheets. We'd go and you know we'd go and spam teams four one three one. We didn't care about a clean sheet. Yeah, nowadays it's all about this clean, this clean sheet. So Ole's hiding behind the clean sheet, and then the fact that we should have had a penalty, but it doesn't take away the performance was you know poor. We didn't really deserve to win, um, but Ole's going to hide behind that stuff, isn't he? Cool. Um, and I guess the second part I wanted to ask you guys about is everything that happened afterwards. <laughs> Obviously, we have the yeah hilarious the post game comments. So you've got Luke Shaw who said that he's heard uh, the referee essentially uh, admit that it was a penalty, but um, if he gives it, there'll be trouble. Um, Maguire's come out, made a statement to say that um, that's not what he heard. He must have heard it wrong. Um, and then you've also got um, the news that the FA won't be pressing any charges against Oli Maguire or Luke Shaw as a result of um, as a result of of those comments. So I guess there's several layers to this. So I'm going to go around and ask you all just to get your thoughts on the different layers. So I'll start with you, Elijah. So firstly. Um, Luke Shaw making the comments in the first place. Was he in the right to do that? Should he not have done that? Um, and what are your thoughts? I mean, I don't I don't really care. I mean, if he feels injustice, then you're gonna make that comment. I mean, he I mean, yeah, I mean whether he makes the comment or not, I I don't really care. But I think everything afterwards, I think what Solskjaer had done was correct where he said, um he said, uh, I don't know if it's true, but if it's true, he's in big trouble. I think what I think the Maguire thing was is to, to come out and tell the United to tell the United officials that he must have misheard some misheard something, and then the FA said after reviewing the footage, they're not going to charge um, Shaw and Solskjaer for obvious reasons. It 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 looks weird on Maguire's part because at the end of the day, Shaw is relaying a message that was said to Maguire. So to then come out and then say that to United officials, and there's this whole thing where apparently United forced Maguire to say it. Why would he say it to United officials if he was forced to say it? It makes no no, no sense. But um, yeah, I think I, I think leave it alone now. When clearly Lamella should have been sent off, and we and we've seen like we saw with Mount yesterday where he actually kicked out at Fred. 
if you don't go down and make and make something of it, what VAR won't look at it. So it's important to make a big, big, big thing out of it. But yeah, I mean, it it just really, really confirms what I think about Maguire anyway. But he played well, well yesterday. So I've, so yeah, it's whatever. So what he's got you in the mud, yeah. Cool. So um, guys, M- Maguire, um, he's a captain for better or worse. Um. I think anyone who listens to this pod knows how I feel about that. Um, is he supp- is he supposed to back his player there? Because I think there's a certain pressure that comes with being Harry Maguire, with everything he's been through in the last 12, 18 months, uh, on and off the field. Um, is it him trying to avoid any kind of controversy? Um, or is it his job as captain to protect Luke Shaw? You know what? I would have... if When I first saw it, yeah, I was like, he should defend him, like, blindly do you know what I mean like even if he didn't hear it he should just say uh yeah that's the truth you just gotta run with it do you know what I mean but I feel like once they said Elijah obviously he's saying that why would he tell um United officials but when do you ever hear like somebody told an official and then the officials release it to the to the press so it kind of just kind of makes me feel like potentially they just want to, they just can't be bothered to deal with all of the controversy that's going to come from it. And it's just kind of like, oh no, Maguire said he didn't hear it. Let's nip it in a bud. You know what I mean? No, he didn't hear it. Sure, might have just misheard because there was something similar. Um, I don't know if you lot remember. Do you remember when Mikel said Klattenberg is racist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was like, no, nah, he, didn't, he didn't say that. Do you know what I mean? So in the end, Ramirez kind of, it went on for a while and then it ends up being that Ramirez said that he didn't hear him saying anything racist so it just became a big farce do you know what I mean Klattenberg ended up not being able to ref Chelsea games for like a year or something it just became a big farce so I think potentially the club might have just been like hey look, let's just nip this in a bud do you know what I mean Shaw really and truly shouldn't be saying that anyway even if Shaw heard it as a professional you just don't come out and say them type of things because all you're doing because it's the rules at the end of the day you're questioning the ref's integrity like those are the things that you got to say behind closed doors. But once you say it publicly, you're putting, you're basically saying he's a cheat. You're saying he's a cheat. The refs are cheat. So, like, I don't know. I don't think Luke Shaw should have come out and said that. And I personally think the club might have have some involvement in it because I don't see why Maguire would go to the club officials and say, "Oh no, he didn't say that," and then the officials go and release the statement. I don't really, I don't really know, man. But obviously, Maguire well, well polished, didn't it? So. It kind of, it's kind of easy to kind of make it out like you know he's a pussy and all that. So I don't know, man. Yeah, it, it seems a, it seems a bit too well polished um, for it to just be Maguire being clever. Because yeah, he could have he, he could have tweeted something even like yeah, no, nah, that's not what happened. Cleared mm. it up with Luke or whatever. But yeah, going down that route does does give that um, opinion that um, it was definitely something that they thought about. Even Oli, even Oli, as pissed as he was, and I'm doing air quotes here because he knows he knows you can't be holding on to that incident to, to sum up the reason why we didn't win a game that we played so poorly. And he didn't want to go in on the ref because it just doesn't work. And I think at this point, there's definitely a target on our backs um, because of all the complaining that other teams have done about us getting penalties, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Teams are very hesitant to refs are very hesitant to give them to us now. So. Um, I think he's very mindful of that now and he's just been very careful with what he says um, and coming for a ref. Uh, if they're anything like any of the gangs that I know, then um, they'll, they'll get you back for that still. Um, cool. So I guess I guess with that, um, we are where we are. Um, the teams around us, mixed results. Leicester 
Leicester and Manchester City, they uh, Leicester and West Ham, sorry, they both lost. Manchester City won. They've extended their lead. We played Chelsea, Liverpool won. Um, so it is what it is. Um, I just want to get you on wax here while you're here, Cams. Uh, where do you see us finishing this season? Hey, it's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough one. That's a tough one because I'm still worried about the top four. I know a lot of people think it's dead cert, but I'm pretty much thinking we're losing this weekend Yeah, yeah against City. And then, bro, I'm telling you, it's not... Everyone thinks that Liverpool are out of it. Liverpool are still the champions, bro. They've got one more... For me, they've got one more... They've got one more run of, run of form to still go by. Like, they're not just going to de- be dead and buried. They still got maybe a five-game win streak in them. Like, at least something along them lines. That like they're champions at the end of the day. But... And then Chelsea are lurky as well. I, honestly, I don't. I'm 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 worried about the top four. A lot of people are comfy. They feel like yesterday was okay. You know, got the draw, keep Chelsea at bay, but not me, man. Not me. I'm I'm not I'm not dead set for the top four. Honestly, I think I think next few weeks we got what the West Ham, City. Um, I don't know who else I'm missing. We've got some tough games, man. I, it's not it's not it's not guaranteed. Right now, I don't feel like we we're potent enough in attack. And we're still leaky in the back. We're one of them inconsistent teams that now I can't even look at the next five games and be like, this is going to be a win. This is going to be a win. This is going to be a win. I'm not too sure, man. And these are all in between the AC Milan games. And this is without, um, this is with Pogba still being injured as well. I I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm concerned. I'm concerned. Cool. Let, let's let's get into it. You, you make some good points about our, our upcoming fixture list. And I guess since we're all here, it makes sense for us to look ahead and talk about what we're anticipating around the corner. So we've got midweek games this week and we've got a game on the 3rd of March. We're away at Crystal Palace. Um, in the reverse fixture, they battered us 3-1 at um, Old Trafford. I think that game along with the Spurs games are the two games what, which made Ollie feel like, yeah, I, I have to protect this back line at all times. Um, I'll come to you, Stevie. Um we know the sort of quality Crystal Palace have. They're one of those inconsistent teams that they seem to lose every week. But when you look at the table, they're always mid-table, uh, regardless. Um, what are you expecting going into that game against Palace? <laughs> you said, I know the quality Crystal Palace have. And it's true. I know it. It's next to nil. They've got <laughs> Zaha. And that's that's about it. Let's be honest. Um they don't really have much talent in their side. And so it's one of those games that um, really and truly we should be going there and we should be scoring at least three and we shouldn't be conceding any. But I'll give I'll give Zaha a bligh and allow him to score one. But that's not how Man United operate, is it? Because the games we should go and win are the games that we either draw or we lose. Um, but I, I just think Selhurst Park, like, it's not... It's not a fortress without their fans. I don't think Crystal Palace have been particularly um, exciting this season, although they never really are. Um, I would expect us to go there and beat them. I think we've got enough tools um, in order to do that. And I think, I don't think they have enough of a goal threat to cause us too much problems. Eze is um, a decent player, but I don't think he's at the level where I'd fear um, I'd fear him coming into a game being the second um, the second side in the Premier League. So, yeah, I think we've got enough quality to beat um, Crystal Palace, particularly with our individuals like Rashford, um, Fernandes. I'd expect that to be the kind of game where they're sort of able to to clean up 
Um, and barring any defensive errors, which, I mean, we can never really account for, um, I think we'll take the three points. I think City, we've got to worry about and just mark that down as an L automatically. Cool. Um, so we've lost against um, Sheffield United, drawn with uh, West Brom, drawn with Everton as well, um, drawn with Chelsea. Um, but Stevie seems pretty bullish about this game against Crystal Palace. Uh, is there anyone who disagrees with Stevie um, and thinks that we probably should be giving them a bit more respect than he just has? Um, yeah, because we are. That's the type of game where it it, it just stinks of like. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is second week in a row. Everyone's hotlines blinging in it. Lockdowns, yeah. Go on, Elijah. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think um, Palace. That 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 just stinks of drop points because even though they don't have um, Zaha, I don't think I believe they're still going to play Benteke. Who him versus Lindelof just spells a bad day. Then you got about Elijah Benteke, man. Come on, Bente- this guy's Lindelof, got like ten goals in ten years. Lindelof has made some shit guys look good, bro. I can't lie. Yeah. Benteke he, struggles to hit the target though, so even if he beats and batters, um, Lindelof the hair will throw it in the net somehow, bro. <laughs> okay, okay, you win, you win, right, you win. Right. Um, that 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 Trident, I can't trust them. I can't trust them. And then I'm not sure if he's gonna bring in. Matic for this game, I don't, I don't believe so because um, I mean, if he, uh, but to be fair, we've got to see on the weekend and he will play Freddie McTominay there. So, I mean, it it would be the smart choice to rotate, but he just doesn't like to do that a lot until these players start getting injured. But I'm 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 actually scared for this game because it just stick. It's just it's just one of them games where I'm like, yeah, man, like. Even though it looks like we shouldn't drop points, it just stinks of like with everything that's that's been going on recently and just our failure to break teams down, I feel like, yeah, it's just not gonna look good for us. Yeah, I really don't know what we're doing out there, man. Um like <laughs> yeah, the team's very much dependent on our individuals. Um, I think our best player, well, in my opinion, our best player, and we'll get into that uh, after this, Stevie. Uh, in my opinion, our best player is out. Uh, so the team loses quite a bit uh, in midfield in terms of controlling the game. Um, the attack is what it is. Uh, Marshall misfiring. Uh, Greenwood is middling. Uh, Dan James is doing well, I guess, for Dan James. And, and and we've got Rashford. So honestly, going into every game, I'm I'm a bit nervous. Um, so Crystal Palace game, um, historically, we've done well when we go away there. So uh, we beat them 2-0 last season. Um, 3-1 the season before and 3-2 the season before that. So we do have a good record when we go away to Crystal Palace. Um, but let's look ahead to, I guess, the the, the runaway team in the league this season. I'll, I'll start with you, Aka. Uh, on the weekend, we've got uh, Manchester City, 12 points clear of us. Um, Pep looks like he's uh, built another formidable side. Um, do we have any chance? It's going to follow the pattern of all the big games we played this year. We're going for a nil-nil. That's the best outcome we can get, barring a, a freak red card or a penalty. Um, I don't think we're going to be able to shut them out, personally. So, for me, that's a nail on L, and it makes the Crystal Palace game even more important. Just going back to Elijah and Palace, if you can't beat Palace in this run of form, you really don't deserve top four. 
you know, you really don't deserve anything because in the last two games, Palace haven't had a shot on target in the last game. And the game before that, we only had two touches in the box. So if we're going to go out there and sabotage ourselves and drop points at Sellers Park, where we've got a good record, um, it's really worrying. I think Ole's actually planned the week for a draw at Chelsea, a win at Selhurst Park, and then he's, he just wants a nil-nil against City. I he's can't such a see- <laughs> That's some loser shit, man. That's some loser shit. I can't do this, man. I can't do this. The That's thing is, Mariah, yeah, like, these, these are not my, I want to just clear something up. These are not my views. I just oh, give no, you a dose of realism. In the past few weeks, it gets lost. Me giving my <laughs> dose of realism. <laughs> 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 it's a clarified no viewpoint, you know. They're saying what? You're the PR man for Oli, yeah? I'm just giving you a dose of realism. I'm giving you like a spoiler. You know, like you go on these forums and you get spoiler alert. That's all it is. This is what's going to happen this week. We're going to go for a nil-nil. It's going to go horribly wrong on the weekend. Um, like... One thing I liked about the Mourinho team was I think when we went there one year for a nil nil, we were 2 0 down, and Mourinho was like, scratch that. Second half, we came out and we won 3 2. Like, Ole doesn't even have that in the locker. If they go 2 0 up on Sunday before before half time, they'll probably make it into a route, or Ole will say, just keep it at 2 0. And there's that whole mentality shift that's needed in the club and the management. The manager just doesn't trust the players to do it and the players don't have the belief from the management system to get it done as well so this is why we're going for nil nils and if we make a mistake we'll probably lose one or two nil but I can't see I can't even see us scoring on Sunday that's the big thing for me never mind winning or losing or drawing are we even going to get a goal on Sunday I can't see it yeah there's no other way that Oli can set up against against City than what we already do in most games Oli's not going to really Anything. I don't think Oli's going to have anything up his sleeve to necessarily be like, oh, this is what we're going to do specifically for this game that we've done differently against Liverpool or anyone else. It's really just going to be banks of four, most likely, and try and hit him on the break. You know what I mean? Try and replicate what we did against um, them last season when we got a couple wins. And that was a different City side, man. This is a City side that are 20 wins in a row. Last season, they were there for the taking. This season, they're actually defensively solid. And it's not even just about the defensively solid. They've got their press back now. If you watching City nowadays, teams are not getting out of the first out of the half. Like they're back to doing that. Like they're back to pressing teams aggressively. And with our players like McTom, Fred, Wambasaka, uh, Maguire, Rashford, Bruno, none of them men are. None of them are technically that great. None of them are technically secure football players. So they're not pres- press resistant. So it could be, it could be, we could be in huge trouble still, honestly. Like last season, City would let us get in them counter attacks because they weren't, the press wasn't there. Like Gary Neville, I think it was, highlighted it. KDB and Silva, the aggression wasn't there anymore. This season, it's back. I don't know what's gone up their ass, but it's back. And I can't see nothing but a, but a bad result, man. I'm not even joking. I'm talking about when them, them statement results have come through 3 0 on our head. Yeah, you know I mean, know them ones where it's like, and we're going to be talking. In, yeah, we're going to be saying all these words of praise for City. Like, oh, they're so good, and they're... I think it's going to be bad. Man. I'm not going to lie. It's going to be a coronation come Sunday. They're going to get coronated as champions on Sunday. And you know, like how Liverpool beat us last year at Anfield, and Anfield was rocking, and they were singing, "We're going to win the league." Yeah. It's going to be like that. These are the new champions of England. They're going to get coronated on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I think as well, man. Speak. Yeah, I yeah, I can't I can't disagree. I just I, I just look at us and you don't do anything well. Um 
and you've got the kind of the the, the answer to that in in Bruno. But as we've seen, uh, you don't get the same reps in the big games. You don't get the ball as much in dangerous positions in the big game. So his his uh, effectiveness becomes minimal, almost like playing with a man down. Um, and I, I say that to, I guess move on to our next topic, uh, discussing. Uh, we discussed it this week, so I, I thought we'd discuss it on the pod. I guess you thought we'd discuss it on the pod, Stevie. Um, who our best player is. So, um, in my opinion, it's pretty obvious. It's, it's, it's three guys up for the for the title at present: Rashford, Bruno, and Paul Pogba. But I just wanted to go around the room, get you guys. Huh? There again. Wait, what was what was the question? Sorry. Uh, answer that's fine. Uh, our best player. So I said at the moment, oh. I think it's uh, three guys who are obviously up for it: Rashford, Pogba. And Bruno, but I just wanted to go around just to get you guys' thoughts. Uh, I'll start with you, Elijah. Um, who, who from that group, or if there's somebody else you can think of, uh, is our best player for you, and and why? It's, this thing is, it's pretty hard because, um, in terms of being the best, like I, I think, as much as I do want it to be. Pogba, I can't look past the fact that when he is fucking shit, like he is a detriment to the team. So, like, even with, with Bruno, there are times where he can be absolutely horrid, but he can still be a positive influence on the team. And I feel like when I feel like it's good being the biggest influence when you when you are at your best, which I believe that Pogba at his best is is a bigger influence for United than Bruno at his best. But at his worst, Bruno is so much better. And I think that that has to come into consideration as well. The fact that however he plays, Bruno has such a significant influence. So, and I I feel like even though he did have COVID and like he he did have long COVID, um, I believe that that form that Pogba showed earlier was so bad like it was looking like this guy's just gone like he couldn't he, like it, would, it just generally looked like this is just going to be the worst ending to a club career that I've seen in my life but he's managed to turn around but it's still like bro like it's not even that it's not even that that was just one bad long stretch of form like we've seen it at times where he's just consistently like there's been times where he's just been bad and I can't look past that fact so I've, so like I will give it to Bruno, just the fact that he can have a purpose. My man. My man. (laughs) Yeah, go on. I just muted Elijah. uh, Muted Stevie. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. But yeah, but I do feel like at their best, Pogba is like, Pogba's the better player. And I do feel like when we were saying, oh, we might be in for the title 21 and 21, the fact of the matter is Pogba was was basically front front on front and center of that, and it, he was closely followed by Bailly and Bruno was there. So I feel like having lost Pogba this month and then Bailly not being consistently playing, I feel like that is a lot of the reason why we are where we are. But there are, I mean, they they were there in games where we've lost points, but it's still like, ah, yeah, man. Cool. Um, so Elijah's gone with Bruno. Um, is there anyone who's bringing another name to the discussion? Cams, Aka, I know who you prefer, Stevie. McTomney. Oh, I'm missing. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> a, part, a, part, a part of me thought a part of me thought you were being uh, honest. It looks no, like no. One lost. day, one day. Yeah, um, we've hopefully me, not. Yeah, it's gone. 
in terms of ability, Pogba's the best player. And when he's on song, he's on song. And like I said, he's always shines when the when the pressure's at the highest or the lights are the brightest. And that shows the measure of the quality he has. But Bruno's numbers and the way he's... I mean, there has been a Bruno effect. I mean, I know, I know once in the past on this podcast, there was a debate that did he really have an effect? But he did. He has dragged us from literally a mid-table team, sixth or seventh, fifth, whatever, into we're now looking like an established top four side. And that's for me, is all... Are, are we, though? Are we, though? We are. I think we are going to get top four. I mean, I do see what Kams is saying. We might self-sabotage ourselves and not get top four, but we should get top four. That will be the first time since Fergie we've got it back-to-back. So we are. I mean, we are looking like an established top uh, top four side at this moment in time. Um, the chasing pack isn't that good for 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 that very reason. I think we'll get top four, and Bruno's numbers are just they can't be ignored. Like the most important thing in football is putting the ball in the back of the net. And as as frustrating as he is, and as hard as he is to watch, he just gets output. Hey everyone. Before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks and on top of that we'll get your show pushed out to apple spotify google stitcher and all other listening platforms and the best part is you can get all of this for only 15 dollars a month the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup so whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow Hustle is an open door to levelling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the programme is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com forward slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com forward slash join. And output is what gets us up the table and gets us the results. So in terms of ability, it's definitely Pogba. But I think Bruno is the best player at the club for output. And you can't look past the output, unfortunately. Yeah, sure. Um, so is there, any, is there anyone else with any other names before I, I, I say my point? Oh, Cam, are you a, a Bruno? Uh, do you know what? Yeah, yeah. I probably agree with Aka because... Listen, consistency is slept on, you know what I mean? I'm not even, like, I'm a fan of Bruno. I'm not, like, unbelievable fan of him, but, like, I'm a fan of him. And, but consistency is all about. One, th- one thing I'm tired about is that Man United are the only football club who we say our best player are. He's the best footballer at the club. Nah, listen, I want to know what he does on the pitch, please. Like, consistently, does he do it? Does KDB do it? Yes, he does. Does Salah do it? Yes, he does. I'm tired of hearing about he's the best technical player at the football club. We have to do all these, you know, all these remixes when it comes to Pogba and it's getting a bit of anno- a bit annoying. So, yeah, we get it. He's the best footballer. But consistently, who's going to, who do I trust to go and win my United a game or going to impact the game? And it's Bruno at the moment. That's just the way it is for me. Like, I'm, 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 I'm not, we create, too many excuses for Pogba over here, man. We create too many excuses. We're going to go on and make it out like, you know, 
this season's now been derailed because of Pogba. Pogba's injured. Pogba was there for every single, Pogba was there it for has. every single other big six game that we didn't win. Pogba was there when we lost against Sheffield United at home. Pogba was there. Let's not start acting like all of a sudden the season's gone left because Pogba's not playing. Pogba was Wimbledon. there, man. There's this term in like other sports, they call it wins above replacement, yeah? So basically, what it's an indication of is the difference in quality between you and the person that you've come in for. So I think in, in the Pogba situation, I think, I, I agree, this is probably the most consistent he's been for us in any season. So the fact we're having this Pogba discussion about consistency in what's been his most consistent season for us is a bit missed to me. But we 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 continue. Um, but I think the bigger issue is the players that come in for Pogba when he comes off, and I think the Everton game was the biggest demonstration of that. And I think that game was just kind of a chink in the armor because that's probably one of the few games where we actually played well, and on the balance of play, we should have won the game comfortably, and we ended up losing it. We're going into games with Fred every single week, and people shake are shaking in their boots. Like I'm looking at Crystal Palace and thinking, you know what? They probably got they probably got a decent chance with with this guy out here, and we're talking about getting battered at City. For me, the question is who's the best player, not who's the most influential player. If you were to ask me who our most influential player is, it would be Bruno because I can directly count the amount of points that he's won us with influential moments within games. But I think when you're asking who is the best player, I think it's it's pretty obvious. Um, but. You know, it's 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 cool, boys. No, nah, but Mariah. Yeah. No, wait, no. Why haven't you come over to me? Once Why haven't you come you... over to me? <laughs> <laughs> we'll come to oh, you too, but... sorry, sorry, I completely forgot. Oh, yeah. oh you did. I'll let Aka speak and then you can speak. God. Yeah, sorry, Steve. Just a quick one. Like Cams is right. Like all the games that we've drawn in nil, Pogba's played in some of them. In fact, when McTominay and Fred play, I don't think we've conceded. But the game that Pogba played against the top six side, he gave away a penalty, and we lost that one. So people, you know, people forget that as well. But the, thing, the thing is, I don't. Th- I I think that the individuals can get us the wins against the other fourteen teams. The the games against the top six sides who have similar or better quality, how good your manager is comes out in those games. So I'm not expecting Pogba to come out and win us those games by himself. I'm not expecting no, Bruno. It's to not come. that. It's, it's I'm not expecting Mariah, 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 God. He has cost us. He cost us two, a point against Arsenal. Maybe three, we, we might have nicked it. Yeah, COVID, and, yeah. And he cost us three three points at Anfield. He should have scored. Oh, that's ridiculous. You know what it is, yeah? That's ridiculous, man. How is that ridiculous? If Bruno misses that, we get on to him. If Martial misses Bruno that, missed, Bru- Bruno missed a chance at, at, in the same at, game. I would love the thing, yeah. But my thing is, yeah, what happens a lot is that because. Because Pogba, he will go on these moments where he might go on a bit of form, get injured, and we'll start going on and we'll start overstating what he does. A lot injured players get overrated all the time. Agreed. Do, nothing better for your rate than being out. Five years with Eric Bailly, we make it out like he's beckoned by a reincarnated. He's a good player, but we overdo it when it comes to Eric Bailly as well. When players are injured, we start overrating what they're doing. Pogba will come back, might have six games, that's good, go away for three months and we're making it out like, oh, it's because it's because of no Pogba. But I've seen him have longer spells of being inconsistent and poor than those spells. So I just feel like we're going to do this again. We're going to make it out like this season's now derailed because Pogba's injured. But it definitely the- has been. It definitely has been. I can only judge, I can only judge him on his exploits from this season. 
And I think we can say that he, he's, he was literally consistent up until the injury on the 40-minute mark in this season. He'd gone through his best period of consistent form for us. So that's consistent 90-minute performances and then even match-winning performances. So the moments that you guys all love so much, he was giving you, he was giving you all of that. And mm. again, it will, for me, it will come back to the fact that the players that are coming in without the kind of structure that they need to compensate for their weaknesses, his lack of, his the loss of his quality counts even more. He's a chance creator in a game against West Brom where Bruno's not necessarily at his best, Rashford isn't firing in and you're looking around. Who else, who else are you going to look around to to make something happen in those moments? When your team is down, who are you looking around to? When those midfielders are unable to retain possession for any, any sort of time, who are they looking around to take the ball, control it, make stuff happen? I think he's improved in the fact that he seems to have stopped trying to do everything by himself. Because I think when it was him and the really scrubby, scrubby players, there was that element of holding on to it too much, trying to jockey guys, jockey guys. Like he's missing them and then they're coming and taking the ball off him. He's being sloppy with it. But I think what he's done really well this season like once he kind of recovered from COVID, that is, is is pass the ball around a bit better, use it more efficiently. Um, yeah, for me, it's it's tough for me to use the lack of consistency thing in his most consistent season for us. Um, but Stevie, you, you want to talk so much, so yeah, say your worst, man. I've just been sitting here waiting patiently, in it. Because, yeah, you're making stupid faces. Because, That's why I didn't ask because, you anything. No, because in the group chat they were getting on me because when I said. Pog, um, what's his face? Bruno is our best player. I was laughed at the group chat. I was laughed at, and Elijah, I see you. You're yeah, the published believe, writer. Elijah you stayed actually, quiet. Elijah actually you stayed quiet when they were coming me that. in the group chat, and Aka what? stayed quiet as well. But now, what? now I've got a published writer what on my it? side. I've got Aka as well, and I've got Tams <laughs> on my side. I don't want to hear any more slander in the group chat. That's what no, I'm no, saying. No, 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 no. Do, do you know what? It's basically I think of it as. In terms of for Man United, I think Bruno is our best player. In terms of who's the better player, I think I think Pogba is a better player than, than Bruno. I don't well, think, I think that's a question. I think but it goes I think back for to... United. I think for United, I think it's like Bruno is just like the way we play. It 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 just hinges on him being the way he is, and I feel like we had that with Pogba, and even through even in Pogba's best form before this season, where it was basically him basically doing the Bruno the Bruno role I mean he looked very good as well but I just feel like with Bruno I feel like even in his poorest moments he will still produce and I and I feel like with Pogba I feel like question sorry where does Bruno ball get you the way Bruno plays football the way Bruno Bruno let me finish let me let me finish (laughs) the way Bruno plays football yeah where does that get you no, like, well, this is a hypothetical, Mariah. This is a hypothetical. It's not a hypothetical. He's had a career up to... He's, he's <laughs> no, 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 no. No, listen, now, okay, bro. let me let me speak then. Let me speak. Sporting Lisbon running away with the league, by the way. But... <laughs> <laughs> That's cheap, man. You're better than that, man. I'm really not. I'm really not. But, yo, this guy's got 55 goals and assists in 60 games if you take his goals and assists away from us where would we be sitting like for all of Pogba's brilliance yeah and I'm not denying this guy's a brilliant player on his day when he came to the club I, I can't really say he's given us a lift in the same vein as Bruno did as Aka said Bruno has lifted us through just his goals and assists alone which is the most valuable thing in football to a position where now you know 
some way. Wait, why would this? What has he lifted us to? No, but let's be honest. He has lifted us. He has lifted us. Let's be real. We might not make top four. He's on the ropes. He's score 80 league goals and he's a bit shaky about it. All right, Mario, this season, yeah. This season, this season, this season, if you had to take one player out of the team, Pogba or Bruno, for the whole season, who would it be? For this whole season, it would probably be Pogba. Thank you. Then, then my point is made. No, it's not. You just asked me a question, and I answered yeah, and you it answered it the way I needed you to. I don't think that proves your point. You just asked me. You said for this season, the way our football's been played, that's more an indictment on the team and the way the manager sets up. Do you not think so? Okay. Okay. If, so... you, have, if you have an attacking player, yeah, who is able to score goals against a run of play, regardless of what's going on, and you yourself as a manager don't have any patterns of play to put your team in a position to be in the ascendancy, wouldn't you rely on him? Wouldn't you play what, him and flog him from like a, player, a dead Flog him like what a more, dead heart horse. Onto the, what onto more the do you want from a player? Also, I'm going to make a crazy shout and say, yeah, that I think Shaw's impact on our season is probably level with Rashford. I think this yeah. guy has been I think this guy has been quality and I think Cam's was saying it as well. You look at our players, yeah. Our players are very, very poor at retaining the ball. Um, and that really shows when you go up against the top sides, we can't keep the ball for longer than 10, 15 seconds. And Luke Shaw, yeah, I, I keep watching him over the course of the season. The guy's dribbling, his ball carrying ability, his ability to even retain the ball in tight spaces and pick the right options, I just think it's been second to none. And he's been he's been quality, man. He's been so good. I mean, I mean, in that regard, he's always been good. That's not the side mm. of the game where it's not been. I feel like his passing has been pretty underrated in, since he's been here. And in terms of his like, t- it's just the intensity at, at which he plays that, and that he, he that times he tucks in too much and he can switch off defensively. And I just feel like he's he, he was just a bit of a like he was just a bit of a like just a pussy for a long time, but now. <laughs> Now I, f- I feel like he's playing better, but yeah, 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 he's not been better. He's not. He's not been more influential than R- Rashford for me. I think Rashford has been. The thing is, is that if if the other attackers were playing better, Rashford would be look like he's having an average season. But it it's just like last season where the whole team was down bad. But I mean, now he has Bruno, but the whole team has been down bad for a while. And in those moments, like versus West Ham. Him and Bruno come on, they basically change change the game, and like R- Rashford has come up with moments this season where he has been good. Like he, even in games where he's played bad versus versus Southampton, he crossed the ball for C- Cavani to get the winning goal. Like as much as people try to get onto Rashford, at least he's putting numbers on the board even when he isn't playing well. And at the end of the day, if 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 you don't need need to play well to to like get numbers on the board then you are just perfect because at the end of the day if you can play badly and get numbers on the board then what can't can't, can't you do whenever you actually play well so I'm not hearing the shout about Shaw with Rashford because I think I think for some reason people have been going a bit have been going a bit hard on Rashford this season and I don't know why because that's one player that we definitely should be talking about for, for me he's underrated I think man for me, I think he's uh, rated just fine. Shaw's having a good season, but I feel like I feel like everyone's ready to kind of like propel him to like some high, high standard. You know what yeah, I mean? Man. 
it's the first mm. time I'm seeing Shaw have a have a good spell. And this is what this is what United fans do a lot. A guy will have one good season like Martial, and then we'll talk about them like they're ready for the top five shouts and stuff. They're not. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm sure people are inside their head already starting to think that maybe Shaw is better than Andy Robinson and these. He's not. <laughs> no, I'm telling you that right now. He's not. But it's like I just that's what I think it is, and it's like yeah, he's having a good season, but. Rashford's definitely been more more important for us. I mean, Rashford and Bruno, as much as people are just going to say, oh, GNA, GNA, but what would we be without them? That's how you mm. that's how I've really got to see it. Luke Shaw looks good in defense. Yeah, he's having a good, he's having a good spot. He's taking our corners and stuff. So the stats are going to look really good for his set pieces and all that, for his chance created. But he's alongside three, in my opinion, three duds in Maguire, Wambasaka, and and Lindelof, so he looks even better with Rashford. Oh, right. Rashford. One, one Basaka's a dad to you, yeah? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> really, no, I don't. I don't. Really, I don't really. But mm. it, but when I see it, it's like Rashford is very harshly criticised. We all know Rashford has a lot of things that are frustrating about him, right? But he's still having to put the numbers down. When you got guys like, and the reason why he's getting a lot of hate, let's be honest, because Martial Martial fans are like the biggest thing in the club. And but they don't you think that other fans hate on Rashford too? I think I think he's generally underrated in this country. And I think if you were to go and ask somebody on the continent about Marcus Rashford, he'd get more plaudits they than love him. fans in this country. And yeah, really, I think... when you actually look at him and what he's doing, the numbers he puts up, who he's playing for, how he contributes for us, like he's in that group of next guys to be the best players like in that group but people talk about him like he's some any guy man yeah, it's probably the um, it's probably That's the amount I mean. of time he's been um playing in the premier yeah. league and i feel like rashford is it, it it's probably maybe due next season where i don't know he's almost in like the sterling mode like how sterling was before and then he just had that one season where everything clicked together for him and then all the goals and all the assists started coming and he was able to um, turn his level from maybe like being on the verge of a quality player to a true quality player that you can rely on week in, week out. But I think people forget that Rashford, is he's not even mid-20s yet. He's still, he's still a bit of a youth. So um, he just needs to find the ultimate consistency in this game where we can rely on him day in day out but I think what he's doing for us right now is good I think when we're propelling ourselves to a true title run which hopefully is next season then we are going to need a bit more from him um, but I think we do put a bit too much on him and expect him to deliver a bit too much and in what he's delivering right now is, is good that's the problem we, we we've got guys who possibly maybe are not ready to be superstars and having to put them in positions to be like, oh, go on then. We're basically saying, yeah. go on then, like, be the superstar of the team. And he's probably not ready for that. He's 23 and people say he's played for ages, but we all think that the time under Jose was pretty much redundant period for him. Like, it didn't, we don't know what it really done for him. But I, I look at him from last season and this season and I see an upward trajectory. Yes, there's moments where Rashford has, you can say, brain dead or whatever, but that's because the way Man United play, first of all, we play on the counter-attack. All of Rashford's moments where you're like, what's he doing? It's always the wrong decision on the counter-attack, nine times out of ten. Do you know what I mean? But we're not putting him in positions where he just has to use his instinct, like Raheem Sterling or Salah or Mane. Them man 
How often do you see them just running on the counter and having to make a decision between left or right? Barely. Them man are just back post, scoring goals, first time, take a touch, score. Yeah, I mean, we don't we hardly put Rashford in these positions. So when Rashford does something bad, it looks really bad because it sometimes it is the obvious thing he should go and do. But I would rather see Rashford in them positions and then he's still getting these goal and assists than a player that's just going to hide all game and we're going to walk away from that match and say, well, if we put him in this bit, if, 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 uh, that's that's what that's what my United have become. If, just name, if. Name, name names, name names. That, that you, know, is- you know it's Martial. <laughs> you know it's Martial, though. Like, uh, bro, we see it. We talk about personalities. We talk about personality on the pitch. Rashford's one of them players that if he's having a stinker, it, we're going to know he's having a stinker because he puts himself mm. out. He'll take a strike. He'll do something. And that, that's how he might get these random assists and stuff because he keeps going. With Martial, if he's having a stinker, you start questioning if he's even on the pitch. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you walk away and start saying, how many touches did he have in the box? How many did... Okay, why didn't you get the... Sometimes drop off, get the ball. You Are you not meant to be a dribbler? Are you meant to run past two, run past three, get in the box, create things? I don't really get what we expect now. I just feel like we're just at a point where we just make excuses for, for players we like. That's just how I see it. The one good thing I actually liked from Ole, but then he sort of reversed himself, was starting um, Greenwood number nine in in the top six game um, yesterday. Like first half, he was anonymous. I can't lie. Um, he actually did zero. He he did so little. It was like Martial in disguise. But second half, he really got into the game, and I thought he was linking play well and connecting with Dan James well. And then Solskjaer took him off for um for Marshall, which is like a predictable sub. And I just thought you should have kept Greenwood on for the 90 minutes. And I think if Greenwood gets a run of games at number nine, he could prove that Marshall's time at this club should be over. See, that's I don't know if you should sell him, but I don't know. I he's on big money though. He's on big money like I'll take him I'd sell him at a loss 30 mil. He's not a number nine. He's not a number nine, and he's not going to start ahead of Rash and left wing. So, I mean, are we going to have a glorified sub that's getting two hundred and fifty k a week to sit on the bench? And people will say, "Oh, yeah, City's got this on their bench, and Chelsea's bench is worth this much." But Martial, if he's not playing, he's not really going to be a super sub off the bench. He like he just doesn't have like I know they repeat about it again and again, but he doesn't have a zest for life. Like he just looks dead when he comes on. <laughs> he Yesterday he came on. Wow. <laughs> I, I, can't say that, I don't know what, him, what his chicks feeding him or what he's doing, but even like yesterday, he came on. He just wasn't interested. He didn't care. He, he was he so disinterested. He was so disinterested yesterday. It's poor, man. It's poor. 250k a week, man. Yeah, it's a problem, though. We give these guys bare wages, and then if they're not, if they're having a bad time, we can't just make them bench players. We have to sell them because, exactly. because we've overdone their wages. You know what I mean? That's how we're never going to end up getting squad debt. That's we're how we're going to get Pereira back at the end of the season and Endalo as well. Mm-hmm. And then we're, we're going to be struggling to sell him. Martial needs to go. Martial needs to go. We need to get like a Pedro Neto in or a Harvey Barnes in. And yeah, pay we should them go all out. Harvey Barnes. Come on, bro. Yeah, Harvey Barnes. Them, them men are starting week in, week out, though. Like, I don't know what Harvey you're Barnes. Yeah, he's Elijah's infuriated. If he comes to United under Solskjaer, he's going to get no direction and he's just going to become worse and worse and then we're going to be like, oh, shit. Give me a dad- player on big money who just he runs far money, and then that's the direction. Elijah, What's the he, point? He's not going to be on big money and I'll tell you now, he'll do more off the bench than Martial ever will. No, but that's, 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 that's,
that is not true because there there have been countless times in big games where Marshall has come off the bench and scored goals versus top. He's come off the bench versus top, like the the the. There was even a season where it was basically who, 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 whoever started on the left, it was whether it was Ray Rashford or Marshall, whoever came off the bench was scoring goals. And 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 yeah. more often than not, that, that, that was Marshall. In, that was like, Corner FP's time, though. That was a long huh? time ago. Yeah, bro. I don't know. No, no, that that's before Marshall put on about £10, bro. No, 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 no. But, 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 <laughs> then, but then again, there, there was even the season afterwards where even though Marshall wasn't playing well, he he he, he was still contributing. He was still contributing in big games versus like Chelsea and and them City. And I think he scored versus Arsenal that season as well, like in two games. So this idea that Marshall isn't great off the bench, I don't I don't get where it's from. I like to like to be frank with you, like how how many times has Marshall been on the bench in the last year and a half? And like. He, he barely even comes off the bench. So this my, question, my question, yeah. though, is do you... For me, anytime yeah. I've seen Martial have competition, he's gone AWOL, bro. Lukaku, Martial was redundant. Zlatan, Martial was no, redundant. No, no, you no, say no. Well, you're bringing another number nine now and basically say, Martial, you're the bench player. You have faith in Martial being motivated to... Be firing and be like, do you know what? I'm gonna go win this number nine shirt back. I, I don't, I don't see it. No, no, but because I, because first of all, I don't think the Lukaku one's relevant because at the end of the day, he wasn't seen as a striker under Mourinho. So he was well, a left more like, what You think? Nah, I think mm-hmm. I think with the with the Zlatan one, it wasn't a fact of ah oh, he's coming in the number nine because at the end of the day, at that point, Martial wasn't playing as a striker. It was actually R- 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 Rashford because this was basically at the back end, at the back end of the last season. It, at the back end of that season, it was basically Martial left wing and R- Rashford up front. I think the issue came with the fact that his shirt number got taken off him and he wasn't told. And he's like, "What? Like, what? What the fuck is that?" And then he just went into a sulk for a season, which is actually really bad of him. And that's a, like that's a problem with Martial where. If he's sulking and like like that, that's not good. Like at, at the end of the day, they should have left you, him at eleven a.m. Boy, you, you should be you, you you should be competing. But I don't like this idea that we have to sell Marshall because at the end of the day, if we sell Marshall, who are we going to get to 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 who who are we going to get to replace him? Who's definitely going to come in and then we know that they are going to bang from from, from the bench because you're. Because you're talking about all these guys to bring in who are who, who are starting games, and then they are starting under t- actual tactical mm. coaches, and then you're like, fam. As much as I love Pedro Neto, yeah, I'm scared if he comes in and he doesn't bang straight away because we we've seen what United fans do to these young play- players. It, it makes me sick. So, bro, I don't know. For me, I feel like if like at the end of the day. What the 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 way the the way the best team the the way the best teams build their team is that they sign over players. If for for me, I I feel I feel like it is a, I feel like it is a lot to have someone who's on two hundred fifty k a week. But at the end of the day, we need to have quality. So I feel like like selling Marshall just to get in someone to replace him in the first eleven. It just means that if they get injured, we're we're back to square, yeah, square I one. I, I wouldn't necessarily sell him. Like 
first and foremost, we haven't got a system that's getting the best out of any of them, which I agree with. But I do think there's too many excuses for Martial. But I wouldn't no, no. sell him. I wouldn't. I wouldn't sell him right now. I wouldn't sell him because it's just going to be. We're just selling all our t- talented players are leaving this club, and the crap players are staying. It's 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 bizarre. It's, yeah, I mean, I, so but I, 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 to me, I would. I don't know why we'd keep him. He's not a specialist. He's not a specialist left winger. He can't play on the right wing. And to be honest, exactly. he's not a specialist. He's not a specialist striker either. So. I don't think that he gives like us. Pit- that sounds like a definition. No, but let me let me land. Let me land. I don't think yeah. that gives us a huge amount of positional flexibility. We're just keeping him on the bench for his past glories, and he's had he's had a season of absolute nothing. His question. Um, we've still got question marks about his mentality. So for me, I don't think his quality is so great that we need to keep him on the bench. I think there are definitely younger players and hungrier players that we could go out there and get. And we've mentioned Neto, and I think Neto would be available in and around that price range as well. And we could go and get him. Pardon? It's going to cost you a lot of money, brother. Yeah, but he'd be worth it, though. Mm. Okay. Um... Yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. Let's let's get into some listeners' questions there. Thank you for that. Um, well, I don't know if I should be thanking you, Elijah, but you gave us a full-throated defensive marshal there. <laughs> to I, finish, I, I, yeah. I, I wanted to come out. Wanted I, wanted to the guy. To it. I wanted to respond, but you just kept talking. I kept I talking. Want, I, kept... I, I actually don't <laughs> want to defend the guy because he's been so bad this season. But come on, like Harvey Barnes just pit that man. Yeah. I don't well, care. No, I ain't signing Harvey Barnes, man. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're having a laugh yeah, there. That, that one, that one, seventy mil as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't forget what Marshall was built as. He was the next year on Reed. It's been years, man. Okay, guys, all right, one mic, one mic, please. Let's let's one mic. This is a clubhouse, bro. I'm feeling, bro. Let's let's leave it. Yeah, but the Marshall debate will continue to rage on. Um, for me, um, he's done, man. He's done. What what he served up this season is unforgivable. Um, I think he he's lost something from the player he was. So, Elijah, you mentioned of what he was doing, like off the bench under uh, Mourinho. I don't really care. Um, he's just looked uninterested, lacked sharpness, lacked his basics the whole season. And off the back of what he did last season and what we were expecting him to build on, because based on what he did last season. A lot of people stuck their necks out for this guy. I was like, see, first season not top. Watch what he does last season. And he's made a lot of people look stupid, me included. So, yeah, I, I ain't really trying to hear it, man. But um, let's let's finish up with some listeners' questions. So I'll run through the questions that people sent into the Twitter account. And if anybody has any questions who's watching the live, um, or oh, Rafinha's a good shout, um, anybody who's got any questions who's watching the live, um, drop them in the comments and um, I'll, I'll send that. I'll send that to the guys. So I'll start with A1K Warms, um, and I'll open this up to anybody. Uh, what would you say is a better league for development for young players on loan, the Bundesliga or the Championship? <laughs> I, I think um, I think the Bundesliga. <laughs> 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 I think what, I don't rate the Bundesliga. <laughs> tack, <yeah? laughs> That's a hilarious question. I'm going to answer that with a straight face. Um, yeah, the Bundesliga, man. I just think Bundesliga is obviously a really good um, league to be in for young managers and for young players. I think um, 
they encourage um, a good style of football across that league. And I think it's one of um, the few leagues where if you lose a few games, which is unlike the Premier League, um, the manager's job isn't instantly under threat, which means the manager gets a bit more time to blood um, new younger players and gets a bit more time to sort of implement their style of thinking. Um, so I feel like less pressured environment, you don't obviously have the pressures and the stress of the English media. It's a good place to go. Very technical, um, technically gifted as well. So I'd rather that than have my um, my uh, my young ballers getting roughed up in the championship every week. Fair enough. Uh, got a question from Boyum9895. Um, seeing as all Oli wants to do is a bare minimum, and reach top four every season without winning a trophy, should we just loan out Greenwood to play as a nine until we're serious? Um, no, because, I mean, that the thing is, this is it's very similar to what people are saying about Rashford as well, but, I mean, Greenwood is one of our better players already, so we actually can't loan him out. Like, even though it might be beneficial for him, in, in effect, we have to be selfish and just like think about our needs first rather than his but in an ideal world he would go to a manager who would like do what Conte done with Luke done with Lukaku and just teach him how to hold, hold up the ball I feel like that's important because I feel like yesterday and it's just in all the games where he's played, played as a nine he can get a bit lost when he has to play against the centre back and that's just that's just going to be growing pains. But the problem is, is the fact that if he's playing out on that right-hand side and if you do sign an established number nine, those growing pains aren't going to be there. And we've seen with Rashford that him getting moved about, it it, it lends itself well to being a very well all-round forward, but it doesn't lend itself well to like playing as, as a number nine. Because even coming through, like they were trying to teach him that and... We saw when it when he first came when he first came through under Van Hal that in that number nine role he actually done it pretty well, but after he started getting moved about he looked a, a lot more lost. So yeah, I feel like it's very it's going to be very difficult how we play this number nine position because in effect I don't want to have Greenwood coming coming in as like twenty two twenty three and he still looks a bit lost as a number nine. Oh. Um, got a question from someone who's listening live, EU. Um, thoughts on Holgate and Godfrey from Everton? Strong, agile with pace and good decision-making. Not sure of their ages. So I guess that's um, in regards to our centre-back uh, situation. Um, I'll ask you, um, Aka um, and, and Cams, because you guys haven't answered the question yet. Thoughts on Holgate and Godfrey and them potentially playing for us, I guess? So, you want to go, Aka? You can go, bro. No, you uh, go, you go, man. You go. <laughs> yeah, so honestly, like with the whole gate and with and Godfrey, they're like they're actually both um Rio's clients, right? And yeah, yeah. Just to name drop, just to flex on people, you know what I mean? <laughs> You're <laughs> nasty, bro. And he was saying Godfrey, that, that should be somebody, you know what I mean? Like that's a that's a good player right there that's available. And, you know, obviously it was offered to United and United decided not to do it. Do you know what I mean? It was United, 
didn't want to go for Godfrey, basically. It was on the table. We didn't want to go for it. We wanted to chase. I can't remember. We were chasing somebody. I can't remember the player. Elijah might know. I can't remember. But, yeah, well, we were chasing Roden, sorry. Uh, we wanted yeah. Roden because of flipping Ryan Giggs. But that was a that was an offer to the club, and we didn't take it. I don't think necessarily, I think Everton's a good level for him right now, and he's under a very, very good manager. So I think it's good for them to both to be there. But at United, they might have, it might, I think that jump might have come a bit too early. But it's one to watch, definitely, man. Not, I'm not as much that big on Holgate, but more so Godfrey. Cool. Uh, got a question for you, um, Aka from Arnold with two, two R's and two D's. Genuine question. Is our defence that shit that we need to play two DMs that deep or are our CMs too shit to play one without the other complimenting him? I think it's the latter. I think Fred is so bad that McTominay has to play with him and police him. This is why I feel if we get a world-class defensive midfielder in, it frees up an extra midfielder and you'll see a more expansive style of football hopefully next year and more adventure in the big games. But Fred is just that bad and... Like when I, when McTominay's not next to Fred, for me, like you you see the difference in Fred, and he gets worked around too easily. Like if you watch McTominay, he's always close to Fred, and he's always policing his faults, and that allows Fred to go. and Fred's all about energy and running, and you know, biting at ankles, and he's allowed to chaos. do that when chaos, man. When, yeah, chaos, and then he can do that when McTominay's there to police him. But I do feel that one class, world class defensive midfielder will protect the defense and then free up another midfielder for us. Uh, the centre-back pairing, they don't sue each other. Like, whenever Bailly comes in, Lindelof looks better, Maguire looks better, because Bailly's just got the the profile to suit the other two. It's just for them two, they don't sue each other. Um, So for that, that's a big issue. Um, So I think, yeah, I mean, I keep harping on about it, but we need a world-class centre-back or Bailly to stay fit and the profile of Bailly, someone like a Bailly to complement the other two. And then we need a world-class CDM. So if you see a world-class CDM, you can get rid of Fred and then McTominay can become more of a box-to-box. And, you know, you can say what you want about McTominay, but he's got an eye for goal and he has got the, the, the physical profile to do the box-to-box role. And I don't know what's happening with Pogba's contract situation. Ideally, it should be Pogba next to the CDM, but we don't know what's happening. But we definitely need a CDM because them two work as a pair rather than individuals. Cool. Uh, got a question from the boy underscore Sully. Uh, if... Van der Beek played in some games while Pogba's been out. Would the outcomes have been different? So I guess we're looking at um, the second half of the Everton game, the West Brom game, uh, the Chelsea game. Um, what are your thoughts, guys, if Van der Beek had come in? Um, they can't have been worse. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're not picking up points in these games. He did, I think you said one thing that was quite astute, um, Mariah, that we can't really expect him to come in without... We've not really integrated him into the team. Um, and playing central midfield is one of the hardest positions to play. So he does need a run of games in order to pick up some kind of form. And he's not getting that whatsoever. Um, so yeah, man, I just I would I would like to see him if he's fit come in against City because it's a game that realistically we know we're gonna take an L in anyway. And it's a game where we need to retain some sort of possession. Um, that's what we need to do generally in the big game. So I'd like to see him play. For some reason, Oli doesn't trust him at 10. He doesn't trust him at 8 either. He doesn't, and I don't think he's he's um, a 6. So 
I don't know where he's going to fit into this side. People say he's, quote-unquote, the Pogba replacement, but I feel like if he was the Pogba replacement, we would have seen more of him by um, what we're in March now. So, I don't know. It seems a bit... Um, it just seems like a bad deal right now for us, like a bad marriage. Well, the thing is, right, what I was saying, um, I said it on, on my podcast, basically, like, for I, I don't know... We haven't got a history. Oli hasn't got a history of, like keeping a player out for a little while and then integrating them into some form of his system because he hasn't got one. He hasn't got history of that. He managed the top clubs, whereas, you know, Pep can do it with Cancelo, see him just in yeah. and out season and, and Mares and whatever he did, Bernardo, the first um, season and stuff. But we haven't got a history of that. Well, Oli hasn't got a history of that. But, uh, but one thing is, I feel like we won't see the best of Van der Beek regardless. Uh, it'll, it'll definitely possibly help us maybe a bit more than what we're doing offensively but I don't think we're going to see the best out of him look at all the players that leave Ajax I mentioned Goldberg what did he do Ziyech what's he doing De Jong struggled in his first season Delit struggled in his first season mm. and Blake struggling in his first season Davinson Sanchez these Ajax guys come from a certain system it's, that's different to anything in the world bro it's unique when I was hearing about Van der Beek coming to United people were telling me some games he plays six, some games he plays yeah, eight, facts. some games he plays ten. These men are like, can play different positions, they interchange, it's crazy. And then now you're getting, for example, Ziyech, gone, just play right wing. Struggling, go on Van der Beek, you're just going to be the ten here. Struggling, it's it's a different system at Ajax, and I think it takes them a little while to adapt to new teams. So I'm not trying to defend Oli in that regards, but I don't think either way we we're going to see the best out of Van der Beek this season. Yeah. Next season, we'll see what happens, man. Facts. Cool. Uh, got a question from Yafu in the comments. Thoughts on Varane for 46 million? He is in the last year of his contract. I think I... Varane and Maguire, that is just the <laughs> centre-back period without a leader. Because I feel like Varane looks good with Ramos and then whenever he's without him, he looks a bit shaky. Like that City game is the st- is like the standout. But I mean, Varane, in terms of... In terms of his profile, is pretty perfect. I think he's what twenty nine now, I believe. I think I think so. That's I, mad, you know. I think because I think he, I think it was about nineteen in 2011. 27, 27. Yeah, twenty seven. Yeah, yeah, turning twenty eight in April. Damn, damn. But yeah, so um, yeah, so I feel like he could be decent. He could be decent, but I. Personally, I feel like any big signing that United make, like just a big name, that just bound bound to fail here. So I have no expectations if we do sign him. To be fair, yeah, I just we just need a centre back with pace. Like yesterday, even in the Chelsea game, I thought without with the knowledge that um, Werner wasn't going to start. I mean, it didn't result in any goals, but it allowed us to have our defensive line much higher than it normally is. And I, that allowed us to compress the game and compress the pitch a bit more. And, and I think that helped with the effectiveness pressing from the front. Um, and then you see towards the end of the game, us just getting deeper and deeper and obviously Werner coming on and us getting stretched. And I just think without any pace in the centre-back pairing, it's just is always going to be um, a cause for disaster. So we need somebody who's got pace and leadership qualities because Maguire is not leading that defence currently. Cool. I don't know who um, that player is, though. <laughs> I've got a question um, for Rodney. It's just cracked me up, so I'm going to have to ask it. Um, it's from Hannah underscore one five. 
<laughs> question, question for Rodney: Why doesn't he get this through his fixed skull? Is that Marshall isn't scoring? You can get in no chances. No one creates for him. Listen, Rodney's not even on the pod right now, but when he listens back, I just want him to hear that he knows why I did that in it. Um, <laughs> cool. Um, uh, doesn't seem like there's any more questions in the comments. I've re- read out all the listeners. Oh, actually, got another one from Boyum nine eight nine five. Um, I guess. It's linked to you, Cam, and then I guess the rest yeah. of the, the group can discuss. So, listening to Culture Cam's earlier, I think for Pep to overtake Fergie as the GOAT manager of all time, not just Prem, he'd have to win the quadruple, at least back-to-back league next season, and then refresh the squad coaches and repeat the trebles and back-to-backs all three. I think I, I, I saw the clip as well. You guys were discussing... Um, uh, you, I think you were asked if he won the quadruple this season, would mm. that surpass Fergie for you? I think your point, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that while that would be impressive up to now, it's kind of difficult to really compare until he's kind of had his whole career, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, when you look at Fergie, Fergie retired at the top. He, re- he retired a, a league champion. And, and you see with a lot of these managers, like Jose Mourinho, they get mm-hmm. to the top, but eventually they start to go down yeah. Wenger as well, and that affects your legacy. So I guess opening it up to the rest of the group, um, what sort of um, achievements do you think Pep Guardiola would need to have on his resume before he retires to, to go down as the greatest manager ever? He needs to um, win the European Cup with City and then potentially go on and dominate, I don't know, Serie A and win a, a European trophy there as well. Um, he's got, I think this is going to be his eighth league title. Um, yeah. Which is quite I think for impressive. Me. Well, Sorry, I think for me, for me, I can still answer him, you know. <laughs> <laughs> on, um, I'm lacking, I'm lacking yeah. him. I'm coming in like a relay, in it. It's just yeah, go on, <laughs> yeah. So, so basically, like he's got eight league titles. He's probably gonna win about at least three, four more for me. I don't know where he goes from here, but he needs to wherever he goes, he needs to win the Champions League there and the leagues there, and he needs to win a, a treble or a quad here and the Champions League with City. I think if he doesn't win the Champions League with City, people will always say, "Oh, but he did. He's not. He's never won a European Cup without Messi." He needs to get that mo- like that monkey off his back, and if he can get that off his back, and then go win another another European Cup, that'll be four European Cups, and then he's in the chat because he's, he's going to have double f- double figure league titles, and you're talking four four European Cups. That's that's the minimum he needs to sort of put his name in the hat with Fergie. Mm. Uh, what, what do you think, Cam? Like in my opinion, because of the way Pep has set his career up in terms of going from different club to club. The only way you can really say it is once he's cleared Ferguson for trophies in their career, I guess. That's when you can really be like, do you know what? He can arguably be greater because you're going to see his time span. It'll probably be probably be shorter than Fergie's if he was to do it. And then you can probably be like, OK, in a shorter time span in this period, he's won this much more than Fergie. Then I think that's when you can fully be like, it's a proper, proper like not saying it's not discussion now, but I'm saying it's proper. Somebody's got a strong point in that case, because for me, Ferguson's, as I said, like it's more than just man. It's more than just trophies. It's, it's the way he's changed the football club, the way he came when we hadn't won for 26 years, the way he implemented the class of 92 and that became his core for, to win trophies for forever. Three peats rebuilding, knowing when the right time to get players in and out. Pep wouldn't have had them experiences. It would have just been, you know, come in, 
not not to discredit anything, but come in, spend money, win, dominate, move on. So if that's his model, then we need to, once he's won 50 trophies, I think Fergie won 49 in his career. Once Pepper won 50, then we can be like, all right, cool. This is what he done in this period. And this, because that's his method, just winning. It's not about anything else. It's not about building academies. It's not about anything. It's just purely winning. So would you go and say anyone is a greater Olympian than um, Michael Phelps, unless they have more than Michael Phelps? Swimmer, you can't be a greater swimmer than Michael Phelps unless you've got more. You know what I mean? Like, unless you've got more medals. Yeah, I, get, I get what you're saying. I get what you're well, saying. I must say, though, I must say, though, comes like, I think he's doing, I think this is his best job so far, City. I've actually, I'm quietly impressed about how well he's done at City. And, you know, he's sort of had to tweak it this year as well. And he's got the results. I think he's done. A, I think he's actually done a great... If he wins a European European Cup this year, I think at City, that'll be his fifth year, three league titles, a European Cup. Obviously, mm. we're, we're going off ifs and buts, but he's done a really good job at City because he's had to sort of take a hit in the first year, not win the league, come back and have this great team that defended the title. For me, the greatest title defence in Premier League history when they defended the title against Liverpool. Then they dipped off and he's come back this year with another record-breaking team. So if he goes out and wins the league, which he's going to win this year, and wins the European Cup, he's done a great job for me at City and it'll, it'll be his best job so far. But then it, I think he's, it depends how long he stays at City and you know how many more teams he makes at City because this looks like he's going to be his second best, like his second team at City. Mm. And it depends how long he stays here. And like, like I said, for me, it's vital wherever he goes next. He has to win in Europe and he has to keep racking them trophies up. Fergie got 13 league titles at uh, United. I think he got a couple in Aberdeen, 15, 16 altogether. So Pep has to aim for that number, 15 league titles. Um, I think he will eclipse Fergie with the European Cups eventually, personally. Mm -hmm. So the league titles is the one that he has to focus on. So it's big. It's a big decade coming up for Pep. But I mm -hmm. think with City, he has got the tools there to sort of go toe-to-toe -to -toe and get close to what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, TV. Um, you, you wanted to speak when Aka was speaking. He's not now, so the floor's yours. Um, what thoughts did you want to share, sir? Cheers, Ref. Um, yeah, I just I think with Pep, um, there's it's always going to be hard to make that comparison with Fergie because it's different times of football, different eras, um, different longevities in terms of like stay at one club. But what I feel like Pep is a bit underrated at times, and and he does catch a bit too much corn at times because what he's done in terms of bringing his football in style and ethos to every club is quite a mad thing and this this essential dominance he's had since he's come to um the english premier league where everyone thought he might struggle is has been pretty serious but i think for me um that he definitely needs a champions league at city but i think that only just begins the conversation i'd just like to see him take on a, um, a club position where he doesn't have as much resources or the most resources as anyone else in that league. So he's not, he's not the richest, he's not at the richest club in that league and where they're not quite the favourites. And for me, that's a challenge that obviously he's never really had to undertake because he kind of got the Barca job straight away. His, his profile is... It's probably not going to happen now, though. His it, profile yeah, it probably isn't. isn't. He, and, and, I mean, why would he? Because he's going to go to a club where he'd be paid the best. But I think on until I see that, I won't be able to rate him over Fergie because um, at City, where he's had troubles, he's kind of been able to, and this is not to undermine him, but he's kind of been able to spend his way out of trouble. Um, whereas 
Um, when Fergie first came in, he didn't have that. When Fergie was competing against um, Chelsea and Mourinho, he couldn't really match Mourinho's money, um, but he was still able to come in and turn it over as well. And then you see in the sort of last United side that Fergie built, it wasn't a vintage side. It wasn't the most talented side, but it's still able to get us over the line. Um, and I'm not sure Pep has quite had those challenges. So, yeah, I think I think that's probably what he needs to show. Cool. And Elijah, the last word, if you've got any? Um, I, I think it's pretty hard because um, in terms of what Cam said, it's just two different styles of management. So it just comes down to preference at the end of the day. So at, as much as we can say Pep hasn't built, built a dynasty at club, Fergie, in terms of what he's rated as, he hasn't gone across Europe and done what Pep has done. And at the end of the day, who knows which is actually harder to do. I guess from history, from what history says, I guess staying at one club and doing what Fergie's done is harder because we have seldom seen, seen that before. But I think that um, in terms of what Fergie done, I think it's such a multi-faceted thing where he essentially was Man United by the end of it, he was United and we're still recovering right now because he was basically central to it all. So I feel like being that much of a central figure to a team, whereas at Bayern, it was they were already the best and then he was supposed to take it over the top and just further it. With City, they basically modelled their whole club around getting Pep in. That's why they got the chief exec. That's why they got the director of football. Like the whole, the whole setup was for him to progress as he has so I mean in terms I mean I personally in my personal preference I don't think he will overtake Fergie because I believe like being at one club for that long and dominating it through like he generally won on average he won a title every two years which is just ridiculous over like a quarter of a century so to do something like that at the same club in the same country with different challenges he 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 had he had to take on Blackburn with their new money. He had to take on Wenger with, with his philosophy. He had to take on Chelsea. Then 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 City came, and like that's four different charges. And he's re- rebuilt a squad like five six times, and you don't see that. So I feel like in terms of his in terms of being like the greatest manager, I don't think he will overtake Fergie until he like at least does that does something similar at one club. And then he, if he has the rest of his roster, then cool. Then it can be a discussion. Cool, cool. Um, and with that, I guess I'd like to end proceedings here. I want to thank you all this evening. Elijah, Stevie, Aka, Cams, always a pleasure, bro. Thanks for coming through. Come on, man. Appreciate you guys having me on, man. Yeah, no worries, bro. For those of you who are listening, if you aren't already subscribed to the Touchline Media Group um, page, subscribe, like the video, leave a comment. Uh, Cams, feel free to share your socials as well. Yeah, man, culture cams on on all platforms on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. You know, hit me up, man. Stoppage Time TV, three sixty. You know, that's where you'll find me, man. Peace, peace, and with that, lads, have a nice evening, man. Peace, peace. Rashford, he's in here. He scores. Marcus Rashford. Takes yet another step up the ladder. And it's a lad from Manchester who scored. Only chance in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Thank you, man. Nice in my head like shampoo.